And we're back. Thank you for joining into the Two Dumb Vets podcast. As always, this is Dane starting us off because David's still shy. He's also here with us. He's going to say hi to you guys for once. Right now? Yeah, right right now. Say hi right now. How's it going, guys? So today, what are we going to discuss? I don't know. I think the craziness of the coronavirus and this COVID-19 epidemic and everybody's panicking for unknown reasons because it's an absolute dramatization in my opinion but as everybody does know david does call me a china dick writer and that's pretty much where i'm at with it so i figure we'll go into what we're dealing with as owning a company and running a company through this with handling overseas production and sourcing and getting those products into the u.s which we're kind of jumping through hoops right now to do and i guess we'll just kind of get the ball rolling oh and we will update you on my carnivore diet success and potentially one pause day of failures and david's goal as being the strongest in the 220 weight class but uh, David, kind of get us rolling with what you what you think or like what your experience has been thus far on your side of the business with this whole Corona outbreak. I just noticed that uh, shipments are coming in a lot slower from containers and stuff like that from China. Um, communication actually, China seems to be back up and running pretty easily. But yeah, our, our office is there back full steam ahead. I just got off the phone with them prior to jumping on this podcast and. You know, my number two there is like everything's pretty much back to normal. We're getting production times done back to what they were pre-CNY, pre-Chinese New Year. So everything seems to be back up and running over there. Don't fly there right now if you're not from there because you will get forced to pay for 14 days in a hotel and you'll be checked on daily. Really? Yeah, just found that out. Now, other than that, everything seems to be fine. People were scared. Um California may get shut down, so we're worried about that. But other than that, work's going by, carriers are coming, so it's, it's just a normal day. For yeah. Now. I mean, f- from what I'm seeing is, <clears throat> I actually, I see this as like a opportunity for us to help more, is what the this whole pandemic, I guess you'd call it, has shown me. It's like there's a genuine opportunity for us to help more companies through this, and we're starting to see it. You know, I'm getting reached out to by companies that want to audit what they're doing and how they can save money and how they can be more efficient and get more shipments out on time with when the craziness like this happens. And, you know, that's really what I'm seeing from my end. I'm also, you know, on the phone daily with all of our shipping couriers, whether that's FedEx, DHL, USPS, UPS, just to ensure that shipments are still going and coming and we're still getting pickups and deliveries and everything else along those lines. But I think really what we've seen is people and companies and business owners really looking at how they can be, you know, as, as David calls me like frugal Fran, you know, really looking at like how they can streamline what they're doing, how they can outsource more of the, inventory management, shipping and distribution, you know, what we specialize in, how they can outsource that to us to cut down on their overhead so that they can 
of course, afford to pay their staff that can't come to the office during these times and everything else along those lines. So, you know, I kind of see it as a as an opportunity to help more. And that's really what it's turned in for me, turned into for me. Um, it, it has thrown a bit of a monkey wrench in regards to everything that we're doing <clears throat> from an aspect of how fast we're onboarding new clients and everything else. And really the importance of standard operating procedures, which to be honest is like David's specialty. You know, before coming on board with us, he ran an 80,000 80, square foot warehouse. 300. 300,000 square foot warehouse. And, you know, he's been able to come in and really put in these proper standard operating procedures for not only for us, but for our clients so that it can really push the organization and efficiency forward. And that's been really cool for me to see because obviously coming from the military background, everything we did, there was a standard operating procedure for it, regardless of what it was, you know, and seeing it now and really David at the, at the helm kind of driving that forward. And I mean, he's, he's put a lot of things in place that I, I, to be honest, I honestly wasn't even thinking about. I'm, I'm always the yes guy and I figure everything out. I, I haven't let him down yet, but that does not say that I haven't frustrated him. Yeah, so tell me about the uh, that little interesting fact where you told me while we were driving back from eating dinner with you and Sahara and I. Um, just the fact that the business and everything is going to, how it's going to change for us. I mean... How you're looking towards the positive rather than the negative. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm always the glass half full guy, you know. That's just where I live. David always talks about how I'm always the super nice one and everything else, which is kind of funny saying that because apparently there's people out there that are terrified of me. But, you know, I I always try and look at the opportunities as being half full, never never the negative. So when I looked at this... I saw the opportunity in our ability to help more. You know, I really saw the opportunity for us to, with this global slowdown and everything else, the one thing that is spiking is shipping and distribution of people's products. It's like Amazon just did a release on the Wall Street Journal that they're getting ready to hire 100,000 people, 100,000 new staff to handle this demand. So what does that mean for us being a, third-party logistics, shipping, distribution, and inventory management company, that means that we're going to have more opportunity because there's going to be more customers coming to market that are trying to get their brand out there because there's people trying to start brands every day. And then, you know, the big thing for us is I have to look at the positive. And me looking at the positive goes, okay, companies are going to reach out to do an audit of what they're doing to see where they can save money. And when I look at it, I go, okay, so let's say a company has a 5,000 square foot warehouse. Let's say they're paying a dollar a square foot to include their cam charge, which if you don't know what a cam charge, it's just the community area maintenance. And it's pretty much on every building that is at least in the state of California. So if they're paying a dollar a square foot for 5,000 square feet, and let's say in there, they've got racking and pallets. Let's say that I take over that and it's only $3,000 a month instead of 5,000, we warehouse and we manage all their inventory. So I just saved a company $2,000 off the top. And then 
let's say that they have four staff running to ship 150 units a day. If we're running shipping and distribution for them, one, we're probably getting better shipping rates for them, so we're going to save them on that side. But two, we're able for them to save on staff and overhead because now they're paying, you know, whatever it is, $1.75 or $2 flat rate for each package that's picked and packed, and they're shipping 300 a day or 550 a day. That's only $300 a day that they're spending. And so I know that they're spending more than that just on employment and paying their staff and insurances and everything that comes into overhead. But sorry, we have a we have a new puppy in the family and she's a bit of a terrorist. But you know, that's really it's really where I see the opportunity and I think that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, the things that I have to look at is how can I spin everything into a positive? You know, a mistake happens. Let's say we make a mistake, right? Uh, for example, we just onboarded a new client. We shipped some packages back to that new client. The name on the package on the shipping manifest was incorrect. It's like, that's a very small mishap. Very, to be honest, almost irrelevant, but it happened. And so it's like, I look at that. I'm like, okay, so now David jumps on board, puts a standard operating procedure that this gets checked. You know, and it's like, we just, I look at everything in an opportunity to make ourselves better, to include our successes and our failures, though. It's like, I mean, David, when you came on board, what, like, how many things lacked organization? I'd say about everything. I mean, we're basically winging it for the first six months together, you know. Um, you had a process of things of how to do things, but it's like, it was very chaotic, you know, just because you were just always doing everything on your own, you know. It was just the processes were in your head rather than on a piece of paper. And uh, I think we, like, prematurely created SOPs for Shogun rather than, well, we really didn't know that Shieldworks was coming. But, um, yeah, I just feel like we were always just figuring things out. And now that we're, I want to say figured, have everything figured out, but we have an idea, it's time to put those good practices down, you know? Because I think we always manage, just like you said, with the, the mishap, we don't say anything to each other if anything is going well, you know? The only time I talk to you is if something's going wrong, and it's just yeah, like... the only time you ever say anything about anything going well is when you're about seven Tito's and sodas deep and we're at a bar. <laughs> and I'm feeling all emotional. Um, no, but it's like, yeah, we we run two businesses and it's just like we don't acknowledge our, our good jobs you know we just whatever's messed up we address that we really don't say good job to each other or to really to our employees you know so it's like yeah you made a mistake but that's just something that we have to air out and get addressed and make sure there's like a not an SOP but a practice that we do and check to make sure it's corrected but it's like about all the good things that we do, you know, it's just like we never really address those. Everybody wants to hear like either the really good or really bad and just the daily stuff that we do. It's just like we don't really address it. You know, we don't really talk about it. Yeah, I feel like, you know, in starting a company, the one thing that I feel you get really good at is walking around with a fire extinguisher <laughs> because that's really for for the first 
nine months of David being here, we were both firemen. That's really what we were, is we were doing everything possible for our clients that we could do to make their lives easier and take everything that we could in regards to shipping, distribution, inventory management, order forecasting. We were trying to take all that off their plate, which is definitely what we do now. And of course, we've got substantially better at it. But we were always putting out fires. You know, I, I try to make it a point to thank him. To be honest, pretty much daily, I try to make it a point just to thank and acknowledge him. But, you know, David pointed out a really good point. I don't think anyone really understands the power of an acknowledgement. So when you start thinking about it, it's like, when was the last time you thanked someone in your office, in your company, one of your staff, for something incredibly minuscule or just thanking them for being them or thanking them for taking their time to be there. <coughs> you know, the, the, as we, as I've watched everything change and I've watched, to be honest, I've watched David grow, you know, it's kind of been a cool process for me kind of sitting at that 10,000 feet or whatever, watching David grow. You know, I watched him in the beginning, obviously I was having him do minuscule tasks because I, was uncomfortable with letting things go and passing things off to him. It's something that, you know, came up quite a bit with me is not not letting him in enough. But, you know, as I let him in and now he sees the bigger picture and sees the full game and sees what we're really trying to do because I operate from a philosophy and my philosophy is that if I'm always helping people, I'll always be okay. And that means across every board, I'll always be okay mentally, I'll always be okay physically, I'll always be okay from a financial aspect, because there is value in helping people, you know, and when I look at, when I look at that, it's like, I want to, I want to express the power of an acknowledgement, you know, it's like, thank your significant other for supporting you, thank your staff for doing what they're doing, thank your boss for giving you the opportunity to help be a part of a bigger game, it's, you know, but make sure that shit's genuine. It's like, nobody wants to hear a half-assed, hey, thanks, man, I appreciate you doing that. It's like, you're joking, right? You know, if there's no actual meaning behind it, and people can see right through that shit, but if there's no meaning behind it, it's, it's the small things that you need to acknowledge in growing and playing a bigger game like David and I really are trying to play. You know, it's something that's fucking important. I agree, you know, um, like today with, with, we have a client that is our special needs client and like with our practices that we've gotten into place, you know, we used to just stress out and just be yes men all the time. And it's just like, once you get to a point of growth and acknowledgement, you just need, or you just need to be able to not lay a foot down, but just be stern, you know, um, client called and text and emailed and it was like this needs to go out now i was like well we're closed <laughs> you know it's like it will go out tomorrow guys and so it's like stuff like that when when you know when your boundaries are you know just so you with the business of how it's going stop being such a yes man and being more picky with who you get just good quality clients that you can you know you can help you know you can change their brand for a better of just saving them money and just making everything more efficient, you know, because you know that you're doing them a solid in what you do. And so it's like 
your your services are valued, you know, and just don't let them or let anybody walk all over you. And sorry, I'm sick, guys. Uh, in an aspect of just any kind of business, you know, if you offer a service that is quality and and good, you just you just want to be able to, you know, stick by that service and not go above and beyond within means, you know. You always got to think towards a client. But for me in the operational standing, you know, an extra hour is an extra hour of overtime that I don't want to pay my my employees if we have everything done correctly you know if 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 my time management is staffed well you know an emergency arises you know is it really emergency or can it be handled the next day yeah i think i think there's i think that by the way david does not have the coronavirus you hear him coughing and that's just because he's a party animal and he raged and watched disney plus all weekend but um you know, I think that I think that there's a balance between it. You know, we we do try and go over and beyond for every one of our clients. And, you know, there's I think that what he's speaking more to is there's standard operating procedures that we put in place to ensure that everything is done efficiently and no mistakes are made. And when those standard operating procedures are bypassed or staff is bypassed, one, it creates confusion, and two, it also leads to the potential of a mistake happening. So rather than rushing to get something done, if a client needs something, we'll do it within means. But I think that what, we have, what you have to look at is, you know, what does this really mean? So, for example, we had to get some products out. So with us doing it, First thing tomorrow morning, we one, we ensure we have all the products. Two, we ensure everything's shipped properly. And three, it's going to get there the exact same time with how shipments are running right now. Like if if anybody has a doubt on shipments, order something on Amazon. I promise you it'll say prime today, and I can almost guarantee you that it's not gonna come that way. Yeah, no, I've had, like I've had three packages that I've ordered and only two, only <laughs> one of them came true. in the two day prime window. No, I just lost my train of thought on that. But no, like with, with going back to the client, the client was super stressed out. And I just told him, I was like, you know what? It's okay. You know, it's like, it's not going to get out today. So fix what you, because they were trying to rush an, an order and trying to get everything corrected. I was like, don't, ru don't rush. Don't worry. You know, it'll go, it'll go out tomorrow. Like the carrier already came, picked up for the day. So it's not like it's going to get out today. I mean, we can mark it as ship, but it will get out the next day. So it's like, even with that, just giving your client a peace of mind, hey, we got this, you know? Like, don't worry about it. Get in the system, and once you guys are corrected, I'll double-check it, make sure it's correct, and then it'll get out the next day. Don't don't stress. Yeah, I think one thing that David's really good at is it's actually genuinely showing our clients that we have their back. You know, it's really showing them that a little bit of communication goes a long way. You know, they always talk about communication being the universal solvent, and I genuinely believe that to be true. But, you know, with con with communication, it is such a powerful tool that gets overlooked. You know, it's like jump on a call for 10 minutes or not even 10 minutes. Jump on a call for a minute. Call a client and go, hey, everything got crazy today. I know you can understand it, especially with what's going on right now and everything's shutting down. That we, we have to get this out first thing tomorrow morning. Here's the tracking. It's going to get to you. It'll be there within X amount of days. And it's like that little communication most people are going to just get that, understand, and work with it. And it's not going to be a big, a big issue. 
But I mean, that's that's really what's been going on for us. I've been I've been strong-ish on my carnivore diet. <laughs> it's been pretty exciting. Uh, down uh, nine pounds this morning from when I started, and uh, getting shred city. I will be shredded by summer 2021. That is the goal. Uh, I've noticed in pictures that my second chin is disappearing. That's also hella exciting. Um, David, I mean, David's got some positive things going on. His jaw is getting more defined because he got a jazzer size or jawser size. Jawser, jazzer, jawser size. It was a late night uh, drunken purchase. You know, you got to love Instagram. Instagram ads got me. Yeah. The only thing that's pissing me off right now is every gym is closing. Like I, I train at LA fitness and they put up something tonight and came over the loudspeaker and they're like, Hey, we're closing at eight. We're going to be closed till April 1st. I'm like, way to promote obesity. And the times, man, it's getting crazy out there, especially in California. Yeah. Be doing my Peloton classes and running, doing air squats and everything else. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's going forward, you know, though, during crazy times like this and, you know, very, I, I didn't think it would be as extreme as it was. We went to Whole Foods, shelves empty. Went to Trader Joe's, shelves empty. Went to Ralph's, Stater Brothers, shelves empty. Target, Costco has crazy lines. Target's I even empty. I try to go to Costco, man. Went to Target. Yeah, it's like, everything's I'm nuts. It's like, what, is, what, is that, what was that meme? If you need to buy 10,000 rolls of toilet paper to get through two weeks, you should have consulted your doctor way before the coronavirus. So it's like, man, people are panicking. It's like, dude, take a deep breath and look at what you need. You know what you need? Meat. Go on the goddamn carnivore diet. Lose some weight. Get shredded. There's plenty of cheese out there for my charcuterie board. Yeah, David's on this. Dude, this guy moves from North Carolina. In Wilmington, North Carolina, not even like Podunk, North Carolina, like Wilmington, pretty nice place. I lived there for a little while. Moved from there to Orange County, and now I swear to God, we got like four days, four nights a week. We got I come home to a charcuterie board on the table. <laughs> hey man, I got cheeses and nuts and meats. They're delightful. I'm like, I'll eat the meat, bro. I'm good. I'm carnivorous. Says a guy that has cheese on top of his burger. Hey, bro, that's my that's my little like my little thing. That's I go dessert. to in and out I get a Flying Dutchman. I watch Mark Bell do it. He's on Carnivore. He's doing well on it. 70-something days in. Got some admiration for that. I, oh, we also, this past week, we had my brother out here. He did a podcast with <sighs> us. We're going to be putting that up in the next couple weeks. It's going to be a two-parter. But we got his insight, which was pretty cool, and we all got to hang out with my little nephew, Leo, who's like the cutest kid. Took him to Disneyland. He got a lightsaber. We got to give a high five to Chewbacca. That shit was awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to try to do like a guest once a month, maybe every two weeks. Uh, probably see if Sahara wants to do it. She's a strong businesswoman hustling out there, you know. Um, but yeah, so basically our, our podcast format for the foreseeable future, Mondays will be what business, right? Yeah, we're going to do Mondays business and then the Thursday Friday podcast release will be David and I talking fitness, diet, travel, bullshit, bullshit, um, 
making fun of one another, be a more entertainment based podcast. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna try and keep it up two podcasts a week. As he said, you know, we're we're looking at getting more guests on here. We got my brother on here. I just reached out to another friend of mine who's built uh, multiple multi million dollar companies that is gonna come talk to us about his successes and his failures. Uh, I am traveling out to the East Coast soon, and I'm going to record a couple podcasts with uh, hopefully my aunt. She runs a very, very profitable, very busy 200-and-something-plus staff company out in Florida. Um, hopefully get my dad on here. He's built a, built a couple companies along his journey and kind of motivates me. You know, but I mean, I wanted to actually talk about something with that segue. And it's like, I think we go through, I think we go through life. Like I turned 35 this year, you know, halfway to 70, still looking like I'm 27 ish minus the gray hair. But, you know, I turned 35 this year and I kind of look at, I look back at the mistakes I made growing up, the mistakes I made when I was young um, trying to chase dreams and everything else along those lines. And I wouldn't even say mistakes. I just call them lessons that I learned. But, you know, one of the places I operated from was a long, from a long, or one of the places I operated from for a long time was fear, you know? And it was, I, I realized a while back that my biggest fear when playing this game of business was letting my dad down on the potential he saw in me. You know, I want to go into this a little bit for me personally, but then I want David to kind of jump in on his. But, you know, that was one thing that that was a place I operated from was I worked my ass off every day and I grind every day. I still do it. But for the longest time, I felt like I was doing it for the wrong reason. And that reason was because I didn't want to let my dad down. You know, it's like we all have the people we look up to in our lives. We all have that. But, you know, what I learned and what has changed for me in the past, I'd say four years now was I'm doing everything for the ability to help more people. It's not from a letting someone down. It's more from a positive position, which is how do I help more people? And I, it, I've kind of found my, I guess you'd say my purpose and my calling because sourcing, manufacturing, logistics, QC is something that I understand now. And I understand it quite well. And I see the opportunity for me to help more people and help more companies and help young entrepreneurs and everything else. And that's, that's really what drives me now rather than being driven by that fear of letting someone down, you know, and like David, like what, I don't know if you've experienced that or if it's just, if I'm just a oddball or a nut, probably actually that is probably true. But I mean, what about what's, how's that for you? Like, what's that for you? What's the question? You know, like I wanted to build larger companies be for the longest time because I didn't want to let my dad down. So I wanted to build them based on fear of letting someone down. Like what when you look at when you look at helping others and when you look at everything, like what's your what's your big motivational push to go? Like, dude, we we work from sometimes five in the morning, sometimes seven in the morning until most nights until now which it's what 8 30 and i still have to get back on the phone with china and so it's like do we grind every day from morning until night you were taking client calls on saturday and sunday trying to get stuff handled for clients so it's like 
what's that driving factor behind it? You know, what's that motivation for you? Um, to be honest, no, no idea. I wake up and just say, fuck me. Don't even want to get up. <laughs> I have my alarm set at six o'clock every goddamn morning. I'll wake up and I'm like, ah, fuck this. I go back to sleep. It's like seven. Then I get up, you know. I really don't know what drives me. I just do it, you know. Probably because it's easy. It's because I'm good at it. Yeah. yeah. It's easy leading people for me. It's easy getting processes done, figuring out, um, making solutions, you know. I'm not a salesman for by any means, but it's like I know processes and stuff like that. So I wake up and I 90% of the time enjoy what I do, you know. And so it's like you wake up, you hang, basically hang out with your best friend all day, even though he sucks at multitasking. What Getting better. I'm improving. But other than that, you know, just waking up and just, you know, when you enjoy what you do, it's there's, I guess that's the passion important in it, you know. Yeah. I don't do it for family. I don't do it for anything like that. You know, I just do it basically because you asked me, you know. And so it's. No real rhyme or reason. I just get up and do it every day. Well, with that emotional ending, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and thank him because none of the listeners, I don't know if it's two, I don't know if it's 2,000, I don't know if it's 2 million. We have goals. People, we have aspirations. So share our podcast. We appreciate it. Like it. Leave a comment. Tell us what you want to hear. But on that note, I just want to, Thank you for all you do, because we both know that I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing Talk to, to push this forward without you. And so I just wanted to thank you on air so you have this recorded. So if I'm ever being a dick, you can be like, hey, man, he really does care about me and he's grateful for what I do. I think you thank me enough. <laughs> but this is Two Dumb Vets and we're signing off. From Monday Business Talk. Wow. Right, guys. See you later.